0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast.
1: Hello, this is Cynthia Lockery from Canada's Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are making it happen right here in BC. Today, our guest is Andreas Konert. Observing patterns in nature, people, and stone has greatly influenced Andreas's life and work. In 2009, Andreas and his wife, Naomi, founded Ancient Art of Stone. They help people find balance, wholeness, and connection by creating soulful stonework on their Vancouver Island studio. Welcome, Andreas, to Kanda's podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to share your entrepreneur journey with our listeners. So why don't we start by you telling me a bit about yourself and ancient art of stone
0: well we um we design uh, artworks for our clients um, from small to very large. we We lean more towards the larger installations. Um, they're all natural stone. Um, as little as possible, we shape the stone. we We do some sculpting and shaping, but generally using the actual natural stones to create um, fireplaces, walls, um, mosaics, um, all kinds of functional artwork out of natural stone.
1: And what's this behind you here? Is this one of your, your pieces?
0: This is uh, one of our fireplaces, yes. So you can see the, the signature sacred geometry that we um, apply in the, in the work. And yeah, all natural stone except for the, or uh, all natural stone and not cut except for the lintel and the
1: mantle. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur?
0: Wow. um my father was a businessman entrepreneur and um i never really fit in in the in the world with others so i always was thinking differently and and um i've always been drawn to being being an entrepreneur
1: so i'm curious how did you get into stonework
0: um funny story i was living in switzerland uh, as a mountain guide and i quit doing that because of um, a big accident where several people were killed. And I thought, I'm I'm not going to keep surviving this profession. And I was on my way to Argentina from Switzerland, and I stopped on Vancouver Island to see a friend. And then that evening when I arrived outside of Nanaimo out in the country, it was in the dark, and I was walking up to his house, and I heard footsteps coming towards me. And I responded, or I said hello to the footsteps. And the voice that I heard, I heard an accent and I guessed German. So I responded in German to have a good evening. And the voice said back, oh, you speak German. And uh, would you help me in the morning if you're a traveler? Would you have time? And I said, sure. I had no idea what he did. And so he ended up being a master stonemason. And we went out in the country and we got some stones with him. And I split them with him with a sledgehammer. And that day led to another day. And I missed my flight to Argentina. So I just stayed with him. And um, apprentice to him for about six months to the master mason and then I really became stifled by the rules and the the uh, the traditions. I had different visions myself and so I, I left him and carried on on my
1: own. And I read in your bio that you were the youngest quarry owner in Canada. How did you um, become a quarry owner and then how did you transition to ancient art of stone?
0: Um, quarry ownership began by going out into the mountains looking for stone for the projects with that master mason, first of all, which showed me that there's different kinds of stone, not just stone out there. And... um, I still wonder what happened. I had a bit of an arrogant thought of, I really need some big flat stone for this idea I have for an installation. And I started going through the woods, walking for 10, 15, 20 kilometers through the woods, looking for what I might find, which now I tell you, if you went and did that, you're crazy because the... the uh, the, the possibilities of finding flat stone, big ones out in the middle of nowhere, is is very limited. So anyways, I found flat stone. Um, I walked for 30 kilometers over all this flat stone. I went and found out from the government that it was crown land, that I could claim the land because nobody had it. And I ended up claiming 20,000 acres of land. And I controlled that land for many years. And so I began with a sledgehammer and a pick, and I brought pieces out for my pro. The MI project. And people in California heard about it, saw it, were interested. So I, I got an excavator, and I got bigger pieces out, and I got the uh, permit to take that out. It was um, uh, a yearly permit, which led to 10,000 tons a year was the maximum you could take. But I needed more than that, so then I brought that to lease, and that, that became the first mining lease in British Columbia.
1: Yeah. Wow. So how did you go from the quarry to what you're doing now, which we see behind you? Um, For the listeners, it is a beautiful stone fireplace.
0: Um, Working in the quarry is dealing with uh, trucking, excavators, blasting dynamite. It's kind of a macho thing. And um, I love the stone. I didn't like all the uh, the roughness that came with extracting stone, but I loved what we could do with the stone. And whenever I sold these truckloads of stone to, say, California, I would go and I'd share with them ideas of how they could use the stone so they could sell more. And I found myself far more drawn to the process of what we could do with it than extracting it. So once we had around 50 employees, I sold the quarry and, and stayed just with the installation and design work.
1: Wow. I really, that's impressive. So, is there one piece of knowledge or information about your industry that you think would be of interest to our listeners?
0: Mm. Well, I find that natural—the use of natural stone is is diminishing. At least the traditional use of it is definitely diminishing. They're using stone, thin stone that we can just glue on, and um, so it's hard to find people now that still work with uh, the natural materials and its whole full form, full size. Um, And I hope that some young people will still find that interesting and, and come and learn about that again. Still very common in Europe, but not so much here.
1: Interesting. So what are you most proud of in terms of the work that you do?
0: I, I'm not sure about proud. I, I just enjoy always looking for a new um, way of using it to always stay on the cutting edge of what can we do next and how we, how can we push the envelope of what we're doing with this material?
1: Fascinating. Um, what advice if you were to meet somebody who was just starting out on their entrepreneur journey and you're very far along that journey, is there any advice that you'd share with them?
0: Yeah, a few things come to mind. Um, One would be, be mindful who your friends are, because uh, I once heard someone say, if you want to know who you are in 20 years, introduce me to your friends. So be amongst people that have a a mindset that you appreciate. And um, also be open to mentors, people that are older than you that you admire, ask them. You'll be amazed how many older people will be willing to share their knowledge or their point of view with you. Don't be intimidated to approach them.
1: I think that's so great, being being open to mentors instead of feeling like you have all the answers.
0: Yeah, no, you don't. You, you will have inspirations, but others can, can help you. But believe in your vision. Like There will be many, many people I had along the way that said, you're crazy, you can't do this, it'll never work. Just ignore them. If you have it in your heart, just keep going. Eventually, you'll find yourself at the, at the head of the pack because you've, you've lost so many people that competed with you or tried to copy you. They all drop away eventually. As long as you have it in your heart, you will get there.
1: Oh, that's so inspiring. Now, let's talk about what it's like to work in BC. We're both entrepreneurs in BC. What are some of the benefits of having your business based here?
0: I find the main benefit is the the um the environment the, the this beautiful place that we live it's very inspiring the, the nature the birds the animals the, the whales in the ocean living here is is absolutely stunning and uh, but we rarely actually have clients here our, our clients are mainly american and so we have the best of both worlds being near the border we go and we work with the americans they have these big visions they love the work that we do and the big projects we propose big things and they're like oh that's fantastic but around here that generally doesn't happen so we get to live amongst these nice people in this beautiful environment and then head south and do our work our actual installations in the united states
1: and what i find so interesting about the work that you do is you're creating most of the pieces like the fireplace behind you like your other work in your studio here on vancouver island and how long does it take to install once you're in someone's home?
0: Our, generally one day to install our pieces. I, I doubt it takes more than that usually. One or two days at most, depending on how prepared they are at their end. But um, part of working in our studio and creating everything, it also adds to the business uh, mystique because the people feel like not only do they get a piece of us, they also get a piece of Vancouver Island, that, that whole the entire piece shows up from here. So it, it's really helped our business to work that way in that model.
1: I think that's fascinating. Um, now let's talk about the drawbacks of being based in BC. Is there any challenges that you have? Hmm.
0: I suppose there, there could be, but I, we've found our way through everything. We're, we're surrounded by nature. We, a lot of materials we get from here, others we bring in, but maybe there's a, there's a lack of uh, skills professionals in what we do, but that could be anywhere, depending where you land, because we're very specialized in, in our work. So,
1: Yes, you definitely are. Now, if you were um, moving to a new community and starting over, what advice would you give to how would you find a foothold in that community?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. i, I I just sort of personally feel my way in the community to who I would relate to and and start creating a network around me of people that would be supportive of what we do, both personally and professionally.
1: Now, let's talk about your successes and challenges. How do you define success? And more importantly, how do you celebrate it?
0: Um, I suppose we define success in the reaction from the client when we're finished. Um, the technical engineering, all those things—we've done it so many times. We we know where our challenges lie usually, and we figure them out. But um, often, say if the, the often it's a husband and wife, the wife is very connected to the spiritual, ethereal, the the. Yeah, the beauty of it, and the the husband will often be more into the the largeness, the the engineering, the strength. But a funny thing for me is if that husband cries at the end, that would be one of the strongest reactions that I could get, and it does happen sometimes. And and even I get an apology, but I don't cry, and it it's okay. They really feel successful; they don't have to. But it it uh, when they give such a strong reaction, and I think we've succeeded. Yeah.
1: And I heard a rumor that you recently won an international award for your work.
0: Yeah, we won the uh, best in the world award for interior installation of natural stone two years in a row now. So we were in Las Vegas receiving our award last
1: month. Congratulations. That's that's amazing. And that, that here you are on Vancouver Island winning, you know, global award. Yeah, thank you. Now as an entrepreneur sometimes we experience fear and doubt how do you deal with fear and doubt
0: it comes but um i i am uh, mindful that it's that it's there and i push it aside and focus on the task at hand i find i'm most successful when i'm Dealing with literally the task at hand, the, the physical challenge, or if it's um, psychological, if there's something, a, a communication or something, then deal with it and get a, get past it. But don't sit and dwell thinking about it. And if you can't deal with it in that moment, then don't think about it. Deal with something else.
1: Well, that is good advice. Um, where do you see your business in five years? <laughs>
0: Well, we've envisioned a very huge project. Um, it's in the 100 to $200 million range. And we're in discussions with clients for that right now. And if we get on that project, it will take about five years to build it. So that's where we see ourselves.
1: Oh, I will definitely be following you to see how that progresses. Um, in terms of routines entrepreneurs, we know a lot of entrepreneurs have certain routines that they have in place. Is there any routines that you have that help you stay focused or help you start your day?
0: I think I am maybe a little bit different that way. I don't know that I have a routine. I like to be positive when I wake up and get outside into nature as quickly as I can. Our studio is set in nature. And um, once I'm out there, it, it just it flows from there. So the one thing I insist on is enough sleep so that when I wake I'm I'm aware awake and ready to go and I'm very very inspired by what what we do like every single day I'm a very happy driven motivated person I just love what we're up to
1: And if you weren't doing what you were doing now what would you do
0: I couldn't imagine doing anything other than what we're doing right now. So it covers all the bases for me, being in the outdoors and um, creating, being artistic and meeting very unique people. I, I literally can't imagine doing anything else.
1: And that's, you know, that's the best part of being an entrepreneur. You get to choose your journey. Yeah. And, and so in terms of work-life balance, I mean, it sounds like you've got good work-life balance. What do you do to keep that in line?
0: Um, I don't have a, a routine for that, but I, I do try to keep in mind the children and, and Naomi, and my wife, and I work with Naomi, so we get to be together. But sometimes the projects are, are very intense and they're seven days a week because there's a deadline to, to be installing. And other times we get to break that apart with a nice three, four week holiday. So it's more of an internal gut feeling of knowing when we need to back off of it or when we need to really lean into it.
1: And the the fact that your studio is based in nature, um, does that give you that gives you so much inspiration? I imagine it's
0: vital. Yeah, I mean, I, I realize I'm spoiled by our studio, but that's from a lifetime of building up and and uh, working towards having that. But now the studio is set in 15 acres and have bald eagles that live in the trees outside, and bears walk by sometimes. Swans spend the whole winter in the field. It, it's very inspiring there. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, is there any advice that you've received that that's helped you that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs?
0: Yeah, just uh, there's many, but one would really to be to uh, believe in yourself. If you have this spark, this vision about something, believe me, it is unique to you. You might think others have it, but if you have it, it it's very unique to you. Even if somebody has something similar. Stick with it and uh, there'll be times where it seems impossible and other times where it seems easy, it's all part of it. It all comes out in the wash. Just stick with it and be flexible as you go. You might have a vision that you're headed here, but ultimately you might end up just a bit to the left or the right, that's okay. But just stick with it. You'll just become better and better at whatever you're doing.
1: And um, is there anything that keeps you up at night? both positive or negative?
0: Yeah, sometimes I will stay up all night and that is because I can get so excited about what we're doing that I just can't leave it alone. I just got to either keep working at it physically or work on some drawings. And I can sometimes worry about a challenge, but I've become quite comfortable with knowing that if I actually sleep, often those answers come in my sleep and I wake up and, oh, there it is. It was, it was always right in front of me. So I think the main thing that keeps me up is being just so excited that I just can't stop.
1: I love how you're so passionate about the work that you do and that it just flows. Yeah. So um, in wrapping up is, is there anything else you want to add um, before we leave today?
0: I hadn't mentioned my wife, Naomi, um, a very big part of the success is, Naomi, and the synergy between us. Um, if I were to give advice to someone, I would encourage you to find a partner that that encourages you and that, that, um, that there's a synergy there. We're not always all that lucky, but I am, and that's a very big part of my success.
1: Great. And people can find you at ancientartofstone.com? Yes. Well, thank you for taking the time to um, share your insights with us today. Um, I know I've learned a lot. Thank you for speaking with me.